Now, if I say that I'm a beautiful 20-year-old Asian, I don't need your approval. I need your help because I'm delusional. Do not judge me or I feel judged. How many parents have heard some of their kids responding that way? Well, last week, Isabella, bless her heart, flew out here on her own expense to be with her mother because Jane was supposed to have surgery, got postponed. But uh, we had different conversations. And at one point, you know, that was the phrase that she rebuttaled back to me. And basically what I was saying was, Isabella, careful, you're in an environment in Los Angeles where it can actually drain you, it can take you down a wrong path. So careful with the friends that you choose, the environment that you frequent. And to that, she responded, you know, I have my head on my shoulder, which she does, you know, and I'm very, very proud of her. But it kind of hit her as a judgment. You know, my forewarning came across as a judgment. And I wonder how many parents, you know, with child, well, not children anymore because she's 24 years old, but with kids, they're always going to be kids for us, right? With kids their age felt that way when they're expressing a concern or when they're making a suggestion, all of a sudden the younger generation seems like they're feeling judged immediately. And, and I wanted to look at that. So as a parent, to what extent should you go in making suggestion, advice, and not be categorized as judgment? And as I talked to some other fathers, you know, with girls or with women, really, uh, that age, you know, 24 years old or even a little bit younger, it seems like is a common thread. You know, a lot of them are hypersensitive to the judgment terminology. And it's something that the world is actually throwing at us today quite often, is very misquoted, that Matthew 7, 1 is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. Do not judge, lest you be judged. But what does it really mean? Are we not to judge, period? No, because if you read further in that chapter, in chapter 7, he's talking about not giving valuable things to pigs or to dogs. And even goes further and says, assess discernment, in establishing who are false prophets among you. You will recognize by their fruits. So we are to judge certain things. And in the previous chapter, chapter 6, actually Christ talks about giving a thighs or praying or fasting. And he's saying, do not do these things like the Pharisees and the scribes do. Because they are seeking the praise of men versus seeking the praise of God. And that's why toward the end of Matthew, actually Jesus says, Woe, woe is condemnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. And that's key. So we see that Jesus condemns the hypocrites. Condemns those who are quick to judge, while they're actually covering their own transgressions. Therefore, we're not to judge with arrogance, with superiority, with pride, but with biblical principle, with humility and with love. I would like to read a scripture in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, 25, 26 says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, 
able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponent with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So we are to be a witness to those really that have gone blind by the snare of the enemy. But we are to do that with what? With patience, with meekness, correcting. And I think that's part of the big challenge. Why? Because nowadays we're seeing so many crazy things around us that in my mind are just out of this world. And to be able to maintain the level of calmness, meekness, patient, level-headedness, it's not that easy. Jesus commands us to love one another, but does not command us to be approving a behavior, especially when that behavior goes against his own teachings. And he repeatedly teaches us, judge not according to appearance, but with right judgment, with righteousness. I love a quote from O.S. Guinness, uh, the British writer. He says, nowadays it is more offensive to condemn evil than to commit evil. So in the name of tolerance, many Christians do not voice truth any longer for fear of being judged, for fear of being called bigots, intolerant, fanatics. However, in my mind, this silence is not tolerance, it's cowardice. And as a result, we see wokeism gaining more and more popularity. George Orwell, an English writer from the previous century, he was actually an atheist, says this, very, very interesting. The further a society drifts from the truth, the more he will hate those who speak it. And I think it is our duty as believers then to proclaim and continue to proclaim the truth. Yes, it will cause conflict, but it will also prevent societal decay. I like a scripture in Ephesians 5 that says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So it looks like those empty words are spoken by a special category, the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you are darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light and try to discern Again, this is a judgment. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Don't keep your mouth shut. Expose them. Now, if I say that I'm a beautiful 20-year-old Asian, I don't need your approval. I need your help because I'm delusional. You know, in English we say, friends do not let friends drive drunk. Well, this is the same principle. We all know that we live in a society where everyone does what is right in his own eyes. However, this society is quick to judge us in not judging them. So intrinsically, what they're asking for is for our approval. 
but we cannot condone, approve, or tolerate things that go directly against His Word. Because by doing that, we're going to end up in relative morality, subjective truth, and eventually into the decay of a society. How do we arrive to categorize seven two different sexes? Or to say that a man can be pregnant? I mean, it seems like a joke, but unfortunately, this is reality in front of our eyes. And this is because we are given voice, we are given space to derange ideology. And that is why it's not a coincidence that Paul in Romans says something very specific. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppresses the truth. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them to a debased mind to do what are not to be done. Don't you think this is judgment? Well, Christ says that we are the light to this world. So are we perfect? Absolutely not. However, we take confidence and rely on God's perfection and try to emulate Christ's example in our lives. And this is a hard daily process. So are we to judge? Yes, but let's first scrutinize our own behavior, our own inside, and make sure that we judge then in humility and not superiority. And finally, in other scriptures from Ephesians, I would like to read that to you. It says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So he's talking about being rooted as a body, being rooted as a church in Christ, so that we're not tossed here and there. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Here we go again. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. So my personal challenge is, Yes, express discernment, express judgment, but do it again with that spirit of love, humility, meekness, as we read before. Big challenge, I think, for all of us, but we're not to be silenced. Guys, thank you so much again for listening. Please keep praying for Jane. Looks like she might do the surgery this coming week. Until next week, love you. Ciao.